This program is part of the Cosmic Potato Podcast Network. For more shows like this, visit our website at CosmicPotato.com. In a world without a single unified voice, humanity has been left searching for answers to the unknown. Now, one podcast has the power to change that and to spread its voice across the earth for all mankind to hear. Welcome to Cosmic Potato, the Super Fan Talk Podcast. We interrupt this program to annoy you and make things generally irritating. <laughs> Welcome to Cosmic Potato. The Super Fan Talk Podcast. Easy peasy lemon squeezy. We've got you covered with everything from Marvel to Star Wars. I'm glad you asked that because I wanted to take this time to explain my evil plan. Classic films, trivia games, and beyond. Remember the code. We get together, have a few laughs. Now, on with the show. Keep the change, you filthy animal. Hey everybody and welcome to Cosmic Potato, the Super Fan Talk Podcast. My name is Sean Ray and this is the show that knows that if humans could fly, they would consider it exercise and they would never do it. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting across the virtual table from me is the only guy that 6ix9ine hasn't ratted on yet, John Irons. How's it going, John? Good. <laughs> and also joining us in the historic Cosmic Potato Studios, we have the founder of the Infinite Diversity Network, Admiral Rick. How's it going, sir? Oh, just dandy things. What is this 6-9 thing anyway? I keep seeing these memes. I don't have any clue who this dude is. 6ix9ine is a rapper who I have never listened to, but uh, he uh, evidently he was on trial for... Something violence or drug related, I'm not entirely sure, but uh, to Poor try choice keep, in stage names. Yeah, to try and keep himself out of jail, he's basically calling out every person that he knows that's a uh, that's a gangbanger, and he um, and so there's all these memes going around that you know he's also telling who Kaiser Sose is and all, you know all that kind of stuff. Uh, I, I know okay. I know who shot Kennedy and uh, all that so. So uh, we have gotcha. a new we have a new game to play tonight. This is a game that have you guys ever seen that show Hollywood Game Night comes yes. on? I think With, uh, in, Jane in, Lynch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they play a game on there called Days and Reviewed, and okay. we're going to try to play that here tonight. And the way it works is I'm going to give you a review from Rotten Tomatoes, and you have to tell me what film they're reviewing. And I will tell you the the year that the movie came out, but that's as much information as I'll uh, as I'll give you. These are going to be assigned, so I have eight of them. We'll do four each. So, um, John, I'll start with you. Okay. This movie came out in 2017. Most of these movies came out in the last three or four years. Um, if anything, this film could have been a better story as an origin for the few members added on there. I hope it is fixed later on. It's not a bad film. <laughs> <laughs> and? Yeah, yeah, that's the point. <laughs> okay. Do we get to steal? If uh, Yeah, if he, if he doesn't know, you can steal. Give, that, give that to me again. 
if anything, this film could have could have a better story as an origin for the few members added on there. I hope it's fixed later on. It's still not a bad film. Justice League. It is Justice League. Oh, you got it. I was I was going to say Avengers uh, Civil War. No, no. Um, okay, Rick, this one's for you. Okay. I don't think you're going to get this. <laughs> I, I don't have these in any kind of order. Disturbing. I just, I just, I, I listed them in order and I, I'm just going down the list. So, um, okay, this movie came out in 2015. At two hours and 45 minutes, it burns slowly, but despite a lot of promising sparks, fizzles out by the time it gets to its gore soaked finale. That's it. That's it. 2015. Uh, Watchmen? Nope. John, you want to try? By the way, I have no idea when any goddamn movie came out. Yeah, I was about to say, Watchmen came out like... (laughs) Yeah, Watchmen came out like 2008, I think. Uh, 2015, gore-soaked finale. Slow burn to the gore-soaked finale. Two hours, and, um, two hours and 45 minutes. And it's a movie. <laughs> hateful Eight. It is Hateful Eight. <laughs> John gets ah, yes, you're, you're absolutely right. I would never have gotten that. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I haven't seen that. I, it's, 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 hey, it's, Netflix has broken it up into four episodes. I know. So it's it's, sitting on my queue. Yeah. Four times the pain. <laughs> it's not a bad movie, Rick. Come on. <laughs> All right. You know you haven't seen it. Why you? <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> it's Tarantino. That's all I need to know. <laughs> no, that is not all you need to know. <laughs> all right, John. Um, this movie came out in 2018. Okay. That's the sound of the game being changed, and everyone is going to have to follow the king. This should signal Black a Panther. major change to the superhero film landscape for years. Actually, no. Wait, was Black Panther... 2018. I'm gonna say Black Panther. It is Black no. Panther. Okay, it is good. Black Panther. Yes. You got it. Right. Because <laughs> it came, it, it came out in February. Yeah, yeah. It so came like, out early. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Rick. I'm just doing my Miami Dolphins impression over here. <laughs> this movie came out also in 2018. Black Panther. Oh. But are we still supposed to celebrate a film that posits the male ego as too fragile to accept a woman? who equals or surpasses him, or that a woman's authenticity will only truly flower in response to a man's sacrifice. Wonder Woman? No. That was that was 2017. Oh, stop it. I don't or know 16. when things That was actually going to be my guess, too. So yeah. thanks for taking that bullet. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was uh, A Star Where is Born. You said you said that was the one that you were gonna choose. Well, that clearly I'm not gonna choose okay. it now. Well, it's a Star is Born, so there you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this movie came out in 2019. This is for John. Okay. Come the apocalypse, he will most he will almost certainly still be spilling blood. The war inside never ends, and neither does this bloody franchise. Uh, see. I'm inclined to say it, but I know it's not it since there's only two parts. So it's got some bloody franchise. Um, John Wick? Nope, that's not it. Rick, you, uh, want, you want to try? Uh, that was going to be my guess, so let me think a minute. <laughs> 2019 
bloody still um what came out this year i mean a terminator came out but i wouldn't call it a bloody franchise not at this point no it hasn't it hasn't, it hasn't come, come out, out yet, yet. it hasn't come out yet has it not uh-huh. <clears throat> um there's no punisher movie um <laughs> If it's not John Wick, then I have no idea. Rambo Last Blood. Oh, crap. What? <laughs> okay. In uh, theaters now. Yeah, it's in theaters now. Mm-hmm. Uh, John, no, this is for Rick. Okay. Yeah. This, all, this, movie, also, this movie also came out in 2019. <laughs> the movie's weaknesses make more glaring the movie's hollow, hollowness where the storyline's feminism once was. All right. I'll give you a hint. This is a movie that you have seen. I know. I'm just want to make. I I I have my guess. I just want to make sure I'm in the right damn year. <laughs> Captain Marvel. No, John. You want to try? <laughs> well, the stories. Can, one more time, please. The it? movie's weaknesses make more glaring the movie's hollowness where the storyline's feminism once was. Where the storyline's feminism once was. See, that's weird to me. That 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 makes me think it's a remake of something that used to be more feminist than it is. Uh Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Five movies this year. It's, so. it's uh, Dark Phoenix. What is the answer? Hey, I didn't review these movies. I'm I just know. giving you the review. <laughs> okay. Um, this one's for John. This one. Uh, the rest of these movies all came out in 2019. So. <laughs> If one, so, so if, if one really wanted to hear awkward and over-emoted interpretations of classic songs, they could save themselves the trouble of, the trouble of buying a movie ticket and just check into the nearest middle school talent show. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Trauma burn. Um, okay, so it's either that one or the other one. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna say Rocket Man. Nope. Okay. Rick, Rick you want to try? Enjoy it. <laughs> uh, so now it's either that one or the other one. Um, Bohemian Rhapsody. It's Aladdin. <laughs> <laughs> Aladdin. I enjoyed the remake. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it yet, so I can't. I can't judge. Uh, this we one kind of strategically made sure Sharon didn't know it existed. <laughs> so. This one well, is bad. for Rick. Not bad. Okay. When, it, when it hits Amazon, we'll watch it. You Amazon. won't need your memory. <laughs> <laughs> you won't need your memory wiped after this one. The movie will do it for you. When did, to this year? Yes. John Steele. <laughs> <laughs> No clue. All right, John. Uh, Men in Black International. Oh, that's God. It. Which I also yeah. haven't seen, but it's yeah, all right. Right. That was that was eight, but I have one. I have one extra in case there was a tie. <laughs> I'll go I'll ahead and it. ask this one. So, um, 
John, this one's for you. Uh, 2019, the entire tone of the film felt like a eulogy and relied too heavily on weepy-eyed nostalgia and fan service moments to carry it to the end. Isn't that every movie in 2018? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, that was last year. Um, I'm going to be editing I, a lot of long pauses out. Yeah. <laughs> this, this is this is... <laughs> this is what it's like to edit Captain Game Show, just in case you were wondering. <laughs> uh, I, I'm like, because I know it's something that, um, is it is it bigger than a bread box? I mean, it's big. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> I, Rick, you want to give it a shot? Say it again. The entire tone of the film felt like a eulogy and relied too heavily on weepy-eyed nostalgia and fan service moments to carry it to the end. Oh, this was 2019. 2019. Game? Huh? Game. It was in game. Yeah. Uh-huh. I disagree right. with that assessment. <laughs> <laughs> but I, but I, but I get it. All right. Um, okay, so the big news that happened this week, uh, the week that we're actually recording this episode, is that Aaron Eisenberg passed away uh, a few days ago. And if you don't know, Aaron played Nog on Star Trek Deep Space Nine. He, They haven't come out and said what he died from, but he's had health problems his whole life. He was born with only one kidney, and he's had two kidney transplants and one of them was fairly recently, like in the last four or five years, I believe. So it's, I mean, I'm deducing that it probably had something to do. Because he was on Twitter. He died on Saturday. He was on Twitter on Friday like nothing was wrong. He was tweeting about climate change, a bunch of tweets. And uh, and his podcast, he does a podcast with uh, Sirach Lofton. Is that how you pronounce his name? Mm-hmm. He does a podcast with him called The Seventh Rule where they, I mean, they talk about Deep Space Nine. Uh, and they had an episode come out on the 19th, which I know it was probably recorded a week or so before that, but he sounded fine on the podcast. I listened to it. You know, I was listening to it the day that I heard that he, that he, uh, that he had passed. Well, but, the, um, the night before they had announced that, that he was in the hospital suddenly taken ill and mm-hmm. like send good vibes and stuff. And then the next day he was gone. Yeah. Yeah. He was, he was only 50 years old. So, um, yep. But yeah, so I, I, I just wanted to take a few minutes and talk about him as a because he was I kind of brag because he actually he actually followed the show on Twitter. I don't know if he actually ever listened to the show. I think that he uh he probably followed us back because we followed him. And uh but I I think he listened to the episode that Armin Shimmerman was on that uh, where Scott uh interviewed him and stuff, but so I like to I, I bragged a lot. Yeah, yeah, that's Aaron. You know, we're good friends. You know, <laughs> but um, but yeah, he um, he was a memorable character on Star Trek because he started out. He was he was supposed to just be this character that was supposed to give them a the writers a way to get Jake into trouble. You know, he was like a bad influence on Jake when they were kids and they were in school. And as they got older, they gave him more to do, and he became the first Ferengi to join the academy, and he became an officer, and uh, outranked Chief O'Brien by the end of the <laughs> by the end of the series. But um, 
there's an episode called uh, Only a Paper Moon that is really a fantastic Star Trek episode, but it's a really good Nog episode where he's dealing with the aftermath of having lost his leg in, in battle. And a lot of veterans told Aaron over the years that that episode really helped them when they came back from war after they had been wounded and, and things like that. And he really took a lot of pride in being in an episode that w- was able to help somebody like that. So, so yeah, I just wanted to take a few minutes and, uh, and, and talk about him. What, what, what you guys want to say anything about Aaron? I've heard a lot of really great stories about him over the last few days since he passed away. Um, you know, I, all of the really good conventions happen far away from Florida. So I've, I haven't been to a decent Star Trek convention in 25 years. Uh, so I haven't got a whole lot of Star Trek celebrity, uh, stories, but just from what I've heard, he was, he was a really cool dude. He was very down to earth. Um, very friendly, very, uh, uh, m- uh mischievous. <laughs> Uh, you know, like, like to pull a prank from time to time. Um, and it, it just, it, it, it's a lot of people tend to think that just because somebody was in a TV show that makes them rich. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I, you know, from the celebrities that I know and the actors that I know, uh, that is not true. You know, some, yes, it is, of course. But, you know, unless you are one of the, you know, first few people in the uh, in the opening credits, you're probably not swimming in bucks. And yeah, he was a recurring character. He wasn't even a named uh, yeah. member of the show. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he and his wife only recently, like within the last, I think, six or seven months, got married. They 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 eloped and they were trying to save up enough to have an actual wedding. Mm hmm. Uh, so, you know, it, it's, there, there's a GoFundMe campaign to help cover uh, funeral costs for his, his wife. Um, and I, I don't know the, the URL offhand, but, uh, I've seen some people, well, okay, I saw one dude on a, on a, um, uh, a Star Trek group I'm on who was like, nope, not gonna do it. And it was like, you've, bad words, bad words, bad words. Um, <laughs> You know, if you don't want to contribute, that's fine. But shut your yap and and just go away if you you know. Uh, there, you know, he uh, from what I hear, he has been just so giving of his time and his presence to the fan community that you know, unfortunately, you know, we we just had a couple of big financial hits. My wife's car broke again and and stuff, so I couldn't really do much about it. But um. You know, if you are someone who can who can donate to something like that and you want to show your appreciation for everything that Eisenberg did uh, and you want to help out his his young wife, please uh, track down the, the, the GoFundMe and help him out. Yeah. If if you've ever wondered why uh, these actors come to conventions and they charge you 20 bucks for an autograph and maybe 50 bucks for a picture or something like that. Yeah, I mean, Tom Holland probably doesn't need it, but Aaron Eisenberg did need it. Will Wheaton does need it. You know, mm-hmm. he, this is how they make their living now. You know, they, he still considered himself an actor. He was still doing, doing stuff, but it's not like he was in 
the latest Marvel movie or something like that. You know, he was yeah. getting roles when they came along, you know, and some of the stuff that he was doing was like internet stuff, you know, is like web shows that really don't pay very much, you know, but it's a way to keep his name out there. You know, I think he made a little bit of money off his podcast, but I mean, they were only like, they've only got like 50 episodes done or something, you know, cause mm-hmm. they just got to the end of season one of deep space nine, you know? So, well, even if you, even if you're as, as an actor, you, you know, say you're doing reasonably well and you do, one big movie a year, but you're not, again, you're not like one of the, the ones who's getting a million dollars a film. Okay, so you make ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 on a film. That's your income for the year. Mm-hmm. You know, who can live on thirty grand a year? Yeah. Not very many, you know, it's, so it's like, just because you're in front of the camera doesn't mean that you're, you know, you've got 15 mansions and a, and a yacht in your swimming pool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. John, you got anything you want to add? Um, <clears throat> I mean, no, just he was awesome. I've, I've been, <laughs> um, as I've said before, DS9 is my, um, is my favorite Star Trek show. Um, Discovery's getting close, but DJ9, so I've, 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 um, that's kind of my, um, not tradition, I don't know where for ritual. On uh Sunday nights I do I do all the laundry and um I just <laughs> I sit and I fold and I watch DS9. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like for like for like two or three hours. I just you know. And um I just rewatched the episode with um uh he and Jake move in together. And anyway, you know, it was it, it was you know, it was cute. Um, Odo's about to get his shape shifting back. Spoiler, um, <laughs> but yeah, like he's, he's he, it's one of the reasons I love that show. Everybody always gives like a really solid performance, and, mm-hmm. and you know he certainly that certainly applies to him as well. So yeah, yeah, he will be missed. Yeah, I saw a um, um, so I'm I'm friends on Facebook with a couple of Star Trek uh, novelists, Michael Jan Friedman. David Mack, and they both posted on Facebook about this uh, convention that happens up in happened up in New York. There's only been one. There was a Star Trek convention that happened a year or so ago, and Aaron J.J. Hertzler posted about it too. Yeah, they they stiffed him that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They stiffed him. They stiffed everybody. They wrote bad checks to to all of the actors and writers and everybody that that appeared, and. only one of them was able to sue him because he was the only one that actually lived in New York. And Aaron was actually lined up to come to New York to appear in court to try and get, I think they owed him like a thousand bucks. So to try and get his thousand bucks, he had to line it up so that he was appearing in court at the same time that he was coming to New York to do something else, you know, because, you know, and that's the only affordable way that he could do it. So, and then he uh, he got sick and went into the hospital the same weekend he was supposed to do that. So, so yeah, I'm I'm not gonna name the guy, but I went I did go look at his Facebook page and and people are not only commenting on stuff that he's uh, posted recently, they're going back to everything that he's posted for like the last six months and posted. You're a piece of garbage, <laughs> you know. Why don't you pay these actors and stuff? Pay them with bad checks, you know, all this kind of stuff. So, well, the 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 reason Hertzler brought it up in public. 
after Eisenberg passed away is because this piece of sh- garbage, <laughs> behaving myself on the show, uh, is trying to host a, a memorial for Eisenberg. Mm-hmm. Acting like he's his, his his close friend and all this kind of exactly thing. and and you know if you if you want an entertaining celebrity to follow, uh, J G Hertzler is one of the angriest men on earth, <laughs> <laughs> and he's he's libertarian to the extreme. So anyone on any on either political side that pisses him off, he just tears them a new one, and he does it really really eloquently. Um, but when he saw that this guy was was holding a memorial for Air, for Eisenberg after he just totally screwed over Eisenberg and a whole bunch of other people, mm-hmm. he just like went off on him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the guy's not he's not posting anything now because I mean, <laughs> like I said, people are, people are going back to stuff that he's posted for the last for several months and just commenting on it, you know. So I imagine he'll probably disappear from Facebook for a while, but. I want to talk about what a piece of crap NBC's streaming service is going to be. <laughs> so, they're putting out this, uh, they're putting out a streaming service because everybody puts out a streaming service. It's going to be called the Peacock. And, uh. Yeah, that won't be abused. Yeah. <laughs> they announced recently, first they announced we're going to reboot Battlestar Galactica. And then they came back a, a few days later and said, no, we're not actually rebooting Battlestar. It's just going to be a completely different story set in the same universe. I was like, yeah, that's, I mean, you're rebooting Battlestar. <laughs> it's just, it's not going to be about the, it's not going to be a sequel. It's going to be something completely different or whatever. So they're bringing that back just for the streaming service because, you know, NBC owns the rights and they think, well, yeah, we, we can probably make some money off of that. So there's going to be that. But then, uh, and it's also, it's gonna be produced by the guy that, uh, created Mr. Robot, which Mr. Robot I think is a good show, but it's not a space show, so I don't know how well this guy's gonna do with, you know, doing Battlestar, but. They're also gonna cash in on the reunion craze that everybody's doing these days where they're bringing back old sitcoms and they're, they're not rebooting the sitcoms, they're just bringing back the kids as adults and showing them as being the, uh, like the shows about their kids, like Girl Meets World and Fuller House, you know, that kind of stuff. So they're bringing back Punky Brewster, and she's going to be a single mom. She's going to have three kids and all this kind of stuff. And, and she, I mean, can you imagine a show about a 40-year-old woman named Punky? <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> well, Go ahead. Punky Brewster was not a good show. So, yes. <laughs> it was It was good. I, it was good when I was 11. But was it though? <laughs> the thing, the thing about these shows, and they and they do it with like Fuller House and stuff too. These shows, they're trying to uh, cash in on my nostalgia and your nostalgia. They're trying to cash in on the good feelings that you have about a show from your childhood, but they're making the show for a younger audience. So how does that work? You know. That's why Girl Meets World is not on anymore because you're trying to cash in on people that loved Boy Meets World when they were kids, but you're making it for kids now. So I'm not going to watch a kid's show. But yeah, I might watch it with my kids, but then my kids weren't interested in it, you know, so. 
Welcome to the last 20 years for me, gentlemen. <laughs> you, know, you know how you do it? DuckTales is how you do it. They don't the have the... Fast. The show is amazing. I haven't seen the new one. but It's fantastic. But see, <laughs> the, kids that, the kids that are watching it, even if they watch it with their family, you know, they don't have that nostalgia for those characters. So they're not like, oh, look, it's Punky Brewster. They don't know who Punky Brewster was. And if you try and go back and go to YouTube and show them some old episodes, they're not going to like that. Her clothes look weird. <laughs> but anyway, I, I said all that to say uh, that they are going to bring back Saved by the Bell. I was going to say, yeah, they're doing Saved by the Bell too, right? Yeah. And it's going to be terrible. Because, say, it's, okay, for one thing, go back and watch an episode of Saved by the Bell. Saved by the Bell is not a good show. It never was a good show. It was, <laughs> it was sometimes it was a fun show when you were a kid. But mainly because that's all that was on. <laughs> Go to YouTube and type in Zach Morris's trash. Have you ever seen they, that? Yeah, they yeah. They go back and they and they recap old episodes of Saved by the Bell and show. This, look at all the terrible things Zach Morris does to people. And yeah, Zach Morris was a piece of crap. So. The new show is supposed to be about Zach, and now he's... Well, it's, I mean, it's not about Zach, but Zach is now the governor of California. Of course, Because, of course, he is. And uh, he closes down a bunch of schools that are underperforming and stuff and makes the kids from those schools go to the bigger schools, the more, you know, the schools where some of the richer kids go and stuff like that. And, of course, Bayside is one of those schools. So a bunch of, uh, a bunch of kids from a school that gets shut down have to come to the Bayside and Slater and Jesse are the parents of one of those kids or something like that you know so they haven't said anything about Screech because nobody on that show liked Dustin Diamond so didn't he like go to jail or something I, seems or like am I might, thinking I, of a different 90s star now he he did make a porn he did make a porno <laughs> or at least he said he was in a porno there's been some question about whether or not it was actually him in the movie don't know. I couldn't tell you. I haven't seen it. But <laughs> um, so there you go. <laughs> Little thought bubble. Why am I on this episode? <laughs> uh, I just wanted to because if if all the shows that come to this NBC streaming service are this kind of stuff, I can't see it lasting very long. I mean, it's just and I mean, of course, they're going to have all their old stuff. I mean, you'll be able to watch Cheers and all that, you know. Let me know when Night Court is on there and maybe I'll watch it. Because you can't get Night Court anywhere else. All right. Here's a segment of the show we haven't done in a while called Rumor Has It. And these are all just, this is all stuff that is uh, rumored to be happening. We don't know if it's going to, but we just want to kind of discuss what we think about it. Okay, so what do you guys think about Denzel Washington playing Magneto in the MCU? Why not? I'd be fine with that. Um, you know, I think my, you know, if the motivation for Magneto is consistent in the Denzel Washington version, you know, um, he has seen horrible oppression and subjugation and, you know, justice doesn't work and the law doesn't work and mercy doesn't work. Um, a la Holocaust. You know, if you can't, 
if you're if you're trying to make a modern version, you know, you can't really rely on the Holocaust if, unless you want Magneto to be, you know, ninety years old. That's the only problem that I have with it is that if there if because his motivations come from the fact that he was in a concentration camp, Denzel Washington but neither is Fastbender. Fastbender's not old enough to do that either. No, but, but if your motivation is you grew up during Jim Crow and you're seeing yeah, yeah, yeah. people getting lynched and you know and I don't know if that's what they're going to do, but I I mean it could work. It could it could still work. Yeah, because I watched, so I watched Dark Phoenix a few weeks ago, and by the way, not as bad as everybody said it was going to be. Okay, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's not the best, but it's not, it's not as bad as Rick said it was. <laughs> but, what would you? Because all right, so I think it's fair to say, um, on a scale of zero to Rick. Well, no, no, no. I was going to say, um, Rick is uh, a a harsher critic. And you are a more lenient critic. Yeah. So, so I'm not saying it was great. I'm not. Oh no, man, no, no, that's no, a great I'm, I'm just. I'm just. I'm not. I haven't seen it either. So I'm not. I'm not discounting you. I'm just asking you. Well, what's what's a movie that you would say it's comparable to? It's it's be- as good as it's better than Apocalypse. I can tell you that. It was better than Apocalypse. I don't know that I agree with that. Apocalypse is more <laughs> interesting. My okay. I didn't say that Dark Phoenix was bad. I said it was boring. It was bland. It was all linear. It was all predictable. It it just went. We're gonna do this. We're gonna do this. We're gonna do this. We're gonna do this. And it there wasn't a surprise in the whole damn movie. At least yeah, Apocalypse kind of had a couple of. Apocalypse just had. Apocalypse was just going around gathering up his team for the entire movie until the last ten minutes, and then yeah. he had a big windstorm. And I'm not saying I liked Apocalypse <laughs> all that much, but I liked it better than than Dark Phoenix. At least it had Olivia Munn in it. <laughs> But um, I w- as I was watching Dark Phoenix, it takes place in the 90s, right? So Fastbender's in the movie. Fastbender is around about 50, maybe, something like that. And uh, and I'm like, but he's supposed to turn into Ian McC- McClellan in the next four or five years? <laughs> so because uh, the original uh, X-Men came out in 2001, right? Well. Okay. So. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I see that, that that was not something I ever thought about because I don't I I I don't even know if this new crop of X Men is supposed to be in this. Well, I guess it was because they brought they're Patrick not, Stewart in. They're but. not anymore. They're not any. They're supposed to be a different universe, but it was supposed yeah. to be the same universe up until uh, Days of Future Past, and it branched off after that. Yeah. Yeah. So. And I mean, I can explain why I know that, but I'd have to spoil Dark Phoenix, and I'm not, I'm not gonna. Two people spoil. a picture. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, I, I, for the most part, I don't have a problem with changing, especially not cha- without with changing the ethnicity of any given character, um, as long as it makes sense. The only time I had a problem with it was when Will Smith played James West. Uh, because the whole point of the Jim West character was that he was a secret service agent who could infiltrate things, you know, organizations and groups and stuff in the, when was the Wild West? With like 1840s, 1850s, something like that. And a black man would not be able to do that at that time. That, you know, it would be very, uh, not very, uh, um, incognito. 
And it also just screamed of Will Smith is the hot shit. We're not going to give you any money unless he's in the lead of this movie. And then well, it turned out the movie was absolute garbage anyway. Yeah, I was about and, to say, Will Smith is not what the, pro- the problem was with that movie. <laughs> no, no, no. But at the time, it was like, you know, everybody wanted Will Smith in their movie. Yeah. And so I'd been waiting, you know, I, Wild Wild West was one of my favorite shows growing up as a kid. My holy triumvirate was Jim Kirk, James West, and Steve Austin. And so I heard they were doing a Wild Wild West movie. And I was like, all right, who's playing Jim West? Will Smith. Oh, f- <laughs> sorry. That's all right. <laughs> but, you know, I generally I'm not one of those people. I love Will Smith. I think he, he was great in iRobot. And I know a lot of people didn't like that movie. I love that movie. Um, he was, he was great in I Am Legend. It was just a very badly written film. It's a good thing Richard Matheson wasn't alive to see it happen. Um, are you guys looking forward to, uh, Gemini Man? I, 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 I am. The trailer, everybody's like, oh, look, they de-aged Will Smith. I, I don't think that de-aging looks all that great to me. I, it, it, it doesn't, there's some, there's still something about the way his mouth moves when he talks and stuff. It, it's still a little bit of uncanny valley. I don't know if they're ever going to get that right. <laughs> because what is Gemini I, Man? I haven't heard of this one. Gemini Man is a movie that Will Smith's got coming out in the next few months where he, uh, he plays a guy that. I think like a couple of weeks, I think. Yeah, that he, he's been cloned and his clone is a lot younger than him and he, his clone is being sent to kill him. You know, so he's, he's having so he's, run he's like a hmm. badass assassin spy type guy, and you know, um, so yeah, so whatever the people, the they that he answers to cloned him because he's starting to ask too many questions, um, like his morality is getting in the way. It's, it's, that's what it seems to be. Hmm. And so they want someone who's younger and stronger and faster and more easily manipulated. So he discovers that the person that's sent to kill him is younger him. Yeah, and he okay. kind of look he kind of looks like Will Smith from Independence Day. It's that that I was going to say like Fresh Prince. He looks like young. He looks young. Yeah, yeah. Looks like yeah. a. But I, I think teenager. Denzel Denzel Washington is a fantastic actor, and he. Would definitely make a good. Uh, I would like to see him in a comic book villain role. Um, like I said, the only problem that I have with it is the age thing. If they try to stick with the with the Holocaust origin, but like you said, if they if they change the origin, which I have no problem with, you know, I'm not, I'm not I don't look at comic books as a bible. You know, they're you know you can comic books change themselves periodically, so. There's no, I don't have a problem with them changing the stories when they make uh, movies out of it, as long as the themes are still there. As long as, as long as the frame is still there, you you don't change the character, you know. You just kind of change the timing, I guess, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so another rumor is that Jonah Hill might play the Penguin in the Batman. So the, 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 this is a solid rumor because it just came out like yesterday. I don't know if it's actually going to happen or not, but the Batman is this movie that they're making that's supposed to come out next year or the year after, and it's going to have um, the guy from Twilight, was it Robert, Robert Pattinson? Pattinson? Yeah, that's yeah. going to play uh, Batman, which a lot of people hate. I don't have a problem with, you know, 
He's uh because it's supposed to be a younger Batman. If you ever saw the Batman, the cartoon that came on about what fifteen years ago, something like that, it was about Batman when he was in like his first five years or so of being Batman. So he was still young, and uh, some of his villains he's fighting for the first time, um, and so all of the characters are going to be uh, like a younger version of themselves, older than they are in Gotham but younger than they are in some of the other Batman stuff that we've seen. So um, they're saying that Jonah Hill might play the penguin. There's also rumors that he might be the Riddler. So uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm fine with him being either one. I think Jonah Hill's, you know, he's, he's okay. I mean, he's, he's funny in the stuff that he tries to be funny in and he's serious in the stuff that he tries to be serious in. So, uh, so I'm okay with it. Yeah, I'm fine with it. I'm doing whatever. In 1989, or in 1988, we were told that Michael Keaton <laughs> was going to play the Batman. Yeah. And I was one of the people was, that was like, are you effing kidding me? <laughs> uh, Mr. Mom is going to play Batman. I was one of the ones that was like, who's Michael Keaton? Because I was like yeah. 11. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then, you know, I love the movie. I still think, I, I think Keaton made a great Bruce Wayne. I don't think he made the best Batman, but the you know Tim Burton was able to make the movie and it worked. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have learned that in the right the right performance and the right director and the right circumstances, it you know people lost their shit when Robert Pattinson was announced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, people lost their shit when everybody was announced for for, for playing Batman. Every you know the the well, internet for everything. Like, it doesn't, you know, not just Batman, like any superhero character, any announcement Mm -hmm. gets an are you kidding me from, you know, a because everybody has a voice on the Internet. So, Mm -hmm. you know, even if it's eight people, that's, you know, yeah, (laughs) you know, I never saw Twilight. I have no desire to see Twilight. I don't care about Twilight, but you don't get that far up the up the ladder as a male without having some degree of talent. So I am sure that Pattinson will be perfectly serviceable as Batman. And Jonah Hill, I, you know, I, I don't know much about him. I think I've seen, I, I, was he in? He's in Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, Superbad. Okay, uh, we rented that, turned it off after 10 minutes. Well, so, yeah, that's not the maybe best. Maybe not the uh, best No, but I'm his, just saying that's the only thing of ability. his I've seen him in. Um, but go to you know, there was a, there was a Netflix uh, limited series called Maniac. Yeah, yeah. Um, that is fantastic. Mm. Um, I'm not even gonna tell you. Oh, who who's his uh, co-star? Um, Gwen Stacy. What's her name? <laughs> yeah, not that Gwen Stacy. The other Gwen Stacy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. wow. I got um, podcast brain. I can't remember her name now. Yeah, right there. yeah. She was. And, on, I mean, she was in an Academy Award winning film, and I can't remember her name. So. Robert Pattinson's not a bad actor. I mean, the Twilight movies. Okay, people stop. make fun of the Twilight movies because they're made for a certain audience. So if you're not that audience, I don't. And and this is not just Twilight. This goes for a lot of stuff. If you're not that audience, people just tend to make fun of it. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to make fun of this thing because it's not made for me. Well, it's not made for you, so shut up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's made for her or it's made for him. You know, 
Uh, but I watched the Twilight movies. I didn't go to the theater and watch any of them because I didn't want to be in a room packed with teenagers. But <laughs> but my wife and I did watch them when they came out on DVD. And, I mean, they're all pretty good movies. I mean, they're decent. They're not the best vampire werewolf movies out there, but, you know, they're service ball. There, there's, there's a battle scene in one of them that's, like, one of the most gruesome scenes I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> People uh, getting their heads just torn off their shoulders and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. But. Uh, no. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go so far as to say, um, they were good. Um, the first one was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I would I would say they're all hilarious. Was, I, I think I've seen, I think I saw the first two, and they they weren't good, but they were good to like. They were they were good. They were goodly mockable, and it wasn't and it wasn't because the acting like the, you know the actors did the best they could with a ridiculous story and and you know uh, insane insanely bad dialogue. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, the, I assume the fight scene you mean is like the big one at the end, like the. the big I don't remember which movie it was in. Finale. I don't think it was in the last movie. I think it was in maybe the third movie. I don't know. There's a there's a big uh, there's a big fight scene, battle scene of I think it's vampires versus werewolves, but people are getting their heads torn off and stuff, and then you find out that the whole battle scene was like a dream. It's like somebody having a prim- having a premonition. Was it the last one? one? Yeah. Okay. Wait to spoil it, John. But, oh man, that movie came out what ten ten years ago. If if they're using the plot device of everything that just happened didn't happen because it's a dream, they it, it you're doing people a favor by spoiling it. Well, no, it it, it, it makes sense in the, the it was well done. It's it's actually probably the best execution of the one of the best executions of that that I've yeah, seen. Yeah, because it's not like the character okay. that had the premonition. It's not like they all of a sudden oh I can have premonitions. I mean it yes, was it was set up. That's her thing. Like, yeah. Oh, okay. So it, it's yeah. Oh, by the way, I can do this. You don't know that at the time. You're like, wow, they're okay. And and it is it's the last big fight of the last movie, so it's not you know unreasonable that a whole bunch of people are gonna die. You're like, oh shit, they're really going for it. They're okay. killing everybody. Yeah. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. will return to the MCU in an Iron Man project. So Disney Plus is going to be, and this is really not a rumor. This is actually going to happen, but uh, Disney Plus is going to be doing something based on Ironheart. There's a there's a comic series in Marvel called Ironheart. I don't know if they're making it into a series or if they're making it into a just like a made for streaming service film or something. But it's basically it's about the next Iron Man, or it's about a girl that becomes Iron Man, and. Uh, RDJ is going to be coming back and doing voiceover work like Paul Bettany did Jarvis. Downey will be doing like the voice of the computer or something like that. So, so yeah, but Robert Downey Jr. is coming back to the MCU as a, I'm sure they won't be paying him the same and they pay, got paid for in game. <laughs> like, look, you think? look, Robert, this is going to be on TV, not even TV. It's going to be on streaming. So just. <laughs> We're not, we didn't bring the whole money truck. We just brought like a wagon. <laughs> um, okay. And so, he's supposed to be in, um, Black Widow too, right? Is he? Well, it's a prequel, so it might have, it, I heard, I heard, I heard, I heard that on another podcast. You know, I, I mean, it's rumor time, so shit, let's just say yes. 
Oh. Because I, because <laughs> what I keep hearing about Black Widow is two different things. I keep hearing that it's going to be like a, a an origin of uh, Scarlett Johansson's character. I also keep hearing that it's going to take place between Civil War and Infinity War. Um, maybe it's going to be both. I don't know. I I figured it would be. Well, I don't. Personally, I hope that it doesn't take place between Civil War and Infinity War. I feel like um, it's too soon after those two films to go back and fill in the space between. I feel like they were going if they were going to do that, they should have just done that. I feel like if they're going to do that, they need to do that on, in a series, in like a mini series on Disney Plus. Instead of yeah, or yeah, but I don't honestly. I don't want them to do that. I would much rather just see, um, and it doesn't have to be her origin, origin, but just something you know. Before she, she, you know, I I, I would be fine seeing the, um, you know, what happened in Budapest, the the origin of how she joined Nick Fury and Hawkeye. That I'm good with that. That would be that would be good for me. Yeah. Rick, you don't maybe, have anything to add? Maybe, maybe I'm, I'm was, trying to remember what I've heard about it because it's it's been you know pretty jumbled. Um, maybe she was sent to kill Tony Stark and Hawkeye stopped her. Yeah, I mean I I I'm all for a Black Widow movie. I love Black Widow. I like Scarlett Johansson a lot, so I'm looking forward to it. Um, I thought I heard it was going to be kind of an origin going back to how she became involved with the Avengers. The other thing that I've heard is that it's it's supposed to kick off phase four. So the other thing that I've heard is that Black Widow refers to the character that takes Black, the Black Widow mantle after Endgame. The movie is going to take place after Endgame and be about that character, but there will be flashbacks to her being trained by Scarlett Johansson's character. And uh, I think that would yeah, I haven't heard anything piss off a lot of people. <laughs> that Probably including me. Well, I mean, because if it's a, if it's an origin story to Natasha, yeah, Natasha, Mm -hmm. um, I don't know how it's going to kick off phase four. If you're going back, and I don't know. Well, but I mean, what difference does that make? Because phase four is going forward. Yeah, but there's a, well, not necessarily. It's just, it's just this group of movies. I mean, phase three ended with Endgame, or I guess technically ended with Spider-Man. But it doesn't. I mean, Captain Marvel took place in the nineties, and it fit yeah. in. It doesn't. Yeah, doesn't matter. Yeah. If it's if it's just a matter of um, giving, this is what this is all I want from Black Widow the film is to give that character her due. I'd still love a Hawkeye film. Not maybe. Oh wait. Well, he's getting a series. He's, yeah, he's, he's getting, getting a, a Disney Plus thing. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's I mean, that's the thing. That's I, I was that, see that's why I was being quiet. I was trying to I knew there was something about Hawkeye's Ronin years, but that's the Disney that's the series. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I, I would not want um, <laughs> spoiler after the events of Endgame to see another Black Widow. Um, hey, it's Black Widow, but it's not that Black Widow. Like no, no, you, no, that yeah. No. Give that, it some that, time. Give it that some time. That would be BS if they 
they've been teasing this for years and then they finally do it and it's not Scarlett Johansson. That would be no. If you know, and and there would be cries of sexism and they would be right. Yeah. (laughs) You know, uh, have you guys seen the meme uh, where uh, Spider-Man and Deadpool get sent to get the Soul Stone? No. <laughs> Spider-Man and Deadpool get sent to be to get the Soul Stone. Spider-Man throws Deadpool off the cliff, gets the Soul Stone. Deadpool comes back to life, kills Red Skull. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, okay, so I I got a couple of reviews I wanted to do. You guys watched anything lately? I tried to. I know every, every everyone's been busy lately. So. <laughs> I watched. Um, it took me longer than it normally does for me to binge a short series, but I, I, I watched all of the um, Dark Crystal series. Was it good? I haven't watched any of it. Is it good? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I thought it was really good. Uh, so if you're a fan of, also, be, you should be a fan of the show. Is it all CGI? Because the original was all puppets. It's all puppets. Oh, is it really? Okay, yeah. I was assuming they were doing CGI. No. Nope. And just no, making them look it, like puppets. It, it's it Henson's company. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I didn't know if, you know, I think that, you know, in the future, Henson's company would eventually evolve into something else. Well, they, I, no, I mean, there there are, so there's, I think, ten episodes, you know, basically an hour long each, and there's a basically a, a how we made it movie that's like an hour and a half and um you know they talk about i i highly recommend the show and i recommend the movie um and i recommend of course the original dark crystal um it's on netflix right now too also on netflix yeah, yeah. um yeah so it talks about so in in the film the dark crystal um you know the the Skeksis have won. They've dominated, you know, the planet for however many hundreds of years. And, um, you know, the Sloan Gelfling, you know, has the key to ending their rule. And in the series, it is before, not before the Skeksis gain power. They, they, they're still in power, but, how can I put this? Um, they they're still seen as like benevolent um leaders you know there's 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 seven clans of gelflings the the entire ecosystem is different and it shows how their rule went from they and they've always been bad just for the record but they were sneaky and how they went from sneaky to total domination it's really, it's really good. It's really good. I remember really liking the movie when I was a kid, and when I say kid, I mean like eight years old. But I'm, I've always been afraid to go back and watch it because I'm afraid it's not as good as I, as I remember. It may not be as good as you remember, but it's still pretty good. Yeah. I, I, go ahead. It's go ahead. really good. It's, it's not, it's not my cup of tea. So, uh, you know, it's, that's more my wife's ballywick is the, the, the heart, the, the high fantasy stuff. Uh, you know, I've seen The Dark Crystal more than once, but it's never been something I particularly cared for. But the quality of it was never something I argued with. Um, so I haven't haven't watched the new one. I'm not interested in watching the new one. 
but it looks and from everything I hear and 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 John you're you're supporting everything I've heard about it it's really really good and if it's if that's your cup of tea it's a really really good cup of tea <laughs> well what was it that you tried to watch that you didn't finish Rick <laughs> okay first of all I want to say this is not in any way a dig at my esteemed colleague Mr Irons it's totally fine <laughs> Uh, there was a, there was a, uh, I, I post forwarded a, a, a meme, I guess, or a Facebook thing about how awesome Carl Urban is. And, uh, John posted a picture of Urban in, in this armor and he's like, this is a much underrated film. And I was like, whoa, that's some really cool armor. What is that? And he said, it's Chronicles of Riddick. And when uh. it came, when Chronicles of Riddick came out, I had heard it was terrible and, and, uh, you know, I enjoyed Pitch Black, but the Riddick character was not you know, when, once Claudia Black's character got killed, I kind of lost interest in the rest of the film. Um, so I wasn't particularly interested in, in the further adventures of Vin Diesel's character. Uh, but John's like, no, it's really underrated. And it's a lot of fun. And so my wife and I, we, we rented it. It was like four bucks on Amazon. So it's not like it's a, a, a huge investment or anything. And she had already seen it. And so I was like, you want to watch it again? She's like, sure. So what was, would you, if she had already seen it, what was her opinion of it? She enjoyed it. But you have to understand, my wife, her favorite movie of all time <laughs> is The Night of the Comet. Wow. Okay. So <laughs> we have, we have very different bars about what we'll, what we'll sit through. Well, you gotta, you gotta shift gears. Yeah. And, and I, you know, I can enjoy schlock. I, you know, Hell Comes to Frogtown is one of my favorite movies, okay? So, and Ice Pirates is one of my favorite movies. I can enjoy a good, bad movie. Um, but we're watching this, and it's just action sequence, tiniest little thread of connection, action sequence, tiniest little thread of connection, and I didn't realize what was going on <laughs> until we got to, he's, he's, okay. I don't know if I, can, if I can even explain the plot because there isn't one. There's a plot. It's it's away. Okay, so at the end of Pitch Black, three people get away from the planet, and uh, you know, I, if you if you're worried about spoiler for Pitch Black and Chronicles of Riddick, get into therapy. Uh, so, <laughs> um, Riddick escapes. A kid who whose name is Jack, but she's actually a girl, escapes, and a a a, 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 a guy named Imam, who I guess is supposed to be, we're supposed to not know he's a Muslim cleric. I don't know with a name like Imam, whatever. Um, but so this picks up, I don't know, fifteen years later or something like that, ten years later, and Riddick, you know, okay, I know Vin Diesel is one of us, okay, but. He should not have enough power to say, I want to tell you what kind of movie I'm going to be in. Did any of you sit through The Witch Hunter? No. No. I've heard you talk about it before. Oh, <laughs> God, it was painful. And it's this kind of thing a D&D geek with too much power would write. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, anyway, Riddick eventually finds Jack, who she's now, you know, this smoking hot, antisocial, uh, fully grown woman. And, uh, what I didn't realize, and it finally, 
I finally saw it enough that it crystallized in my head is that every time there was a fight sequence and there was a woman involved, all of the women were dressed in either something really skin tight or wearing like crop tops and cleavage and stuff like that. And all through the fights, there were these like two or three scene close-ups of cleavage or bellies or stuff. And it was like, when I finally realized what I was seeing in the, in the, in the fight scene with, with Jack. And I was like, what the hell is going on? Now I had stopped it at, at a, at a previous point and turned to my wife and said, is this movie ever going to make a lick of sense? And she's like, I, I think so. <laughs> and then there's like the, 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 the bad guys get Riddick and he's in this room being interrogated. And then all of a sudden he's on the ro- uh, on the surface of the planet running away. There was like no sign, no scene of him getting away. This was as bad as Conan the Barbarian with Jason Momoa. That, okay. I'm not sure. All right. <laughs> John's like, you were watching the wrong movie. <laughs> I, I mean, I think I watched no- the, un- the, 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 un- rated director's cut or something but it was just I like i don't i don't know if that was the case i don't think i've ever seen the director's cut and that would because like they you know i honestly i don't remember like all the tna um which is surprising well do you because... remember riddick is is chained up in this ship and there's one woman on the on the crew of this bounty hunter ship, and at some at one point everyone's asleep, and she gets up and she goes over and she starts grinding on Riddick and sniffing him. I, and I'm I like, what the screaming what? hell is going on here? Is, was... You were watching the Riddick uh, porn parody. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I mean, I, again, it's, I haven't I haven't seen that movie in a while. And it's entirely possible that there is a scene like that that takes place. I'm not. I'm not saying it doesn't. Um, but yeah, like I don't. I don't remember any scene where he's trapped and then you. Then he's just not trapped because that's kind of his thing. It's like his his whole race. They're good at escaping. That like he's he's a criminal that they can't catch, and so they kind of any time that he's caught, they show you how he gets out. So that's. So I'm not, you know, and it, but it doesn't sound like that's your only problem with the film. I'm just gonna no, say. it's not. But it was, it was like the last straw. I was like, I turned to my yeah. went, how the hell did he get out of there? It just, it just was, you know, Jason Momoa's uh, Conan could have been a good movie, but the editors just did a, either the the director or the editor did a terrible job of of. Putting the 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 the, uh, the the action sequences together, it was just like fight, tiny little thread, fight, tiny little thread. And I thought, you know, Momo was great as Conan, but the the movie around him was terrible. I don't think anybody in the film did a bad job. It, you know, so I I, I don't blame Vin Diesel necessarily. Um, you know, Carl Urban was fine. I would, I would, I would also say, like, a lot of a lot of good stuff happened after you turned it off. But I'm not so going to... So there's, two, there, there's a movie from 2004 called The Chronicles of Riddick. There's a movie from 2013 just called Riddick. Yeah. No, we watched The Chronicles of Riddick. Okay. Because I, I, I started to make that mistake, and I was like, which one is which? Which one is the one I want to watch? And I, I looked it up to make sure I had the, I had the, the one that was... Because I know one was a prequel, right? And then... No. And then uh, one was a sequel, or, or they're they're all sequential. 
Oh, okay. They're, just they're, they're prequels <laughs> to uh, Chronicles of Riddick is a prequel to Pitch Black, right? No, no, it's no, a okay. they're all sequential. So Pitch no, Black okay. happens first. Chronicles of Riddick happens after that, and Riddick is the third film. Although it only barely has anything to do with the second film, they they basically kind of reset it, but they shouldn't have. Like they threw out all the stuff that made the Chronicles of Riddick good, and basically just did Pitch Black again. And Pitch Black was good, but Pitch Black was good. Yeah. <laughs> Riddick, not so much. Like they, yeah, yeah, yeah. and they. Well, I, I'm just too old to sit through a bad movie. <laughs> It's like with with um what, what the hell was that thing uh uh, uh with the, the the planet of a thousand worlds or whatever Valerian Valerian you know I got I got to one point it was just like one stupid thing too many and I was like you finish this honey I'm gonna go read <laughs> and she enjoyed it. I was like I'm I'm enjoying not watching this anymore <laughs> Star Chronicles of Riddick right now <laughs> I, went, I went to the movies uh last Friday. And uh, with my wife, we went to see the Downton Abbey movie. And um, if Are you, you like Abbey, yeah, I mean, I like the show. This, it's one of those shows that my wife really likes it. So I put her through so much, make her watch so many things that she doesn't like that. I'm like, OK, I'll watch this with you. So there, there's a few shows like that that we watch. Uh, and Downton Abbey is one of them. And um, and it's I mean, it's a good show. And it was it's one of those shows I like because the season, uh, an entire season is only like six or seven episodes. British TV does that a lot, you know. And, um, but it was, you know, they'll show those six episodes and then there won't be anything for a couple of years or something. But, um, they made the movie and, uh, we went to see the movie and I liked it, but it's not, there's nothing in the movie that screams, oh, you have to see this in the theater. You know, there's a couple of, there's Nobody a couple of nice, you. No, <laughs> there's a couple of nice drone shots of the mansion or whatever, but everything else is just, it's a, it's an episode of the show. It's just in the theater. So, but it's a, but I did like that they didn't try to carry over any of the storylines from the show. So that if you go see the movie and you've never seen the show before, you won't be completely lost. You know what, Rick? Hmm? So I'm scrolling through. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, there's Riddick. There's Chronicles of Riddick. And there's Chronicles of Riddick, the unrated director's cut. I think you saw, I never saw the director's cut. I think you saw a shitty version. <laughs> I, that's possible. Go back and watch the theatrical cut and let us know next time what you think. <laughs> yeah, I think cause, cause like, I don't, I was like, I don't remember that, that would fall in cause I was like, that would explain director is yeah. like, you know, obviously has to be an adult, but this thing is directed like it was being, like I told, like I said to you on, on Facebook, like, like the director was a 12 year old hopped up on Jolt Cola and his dad's old penthouse magazines. <laughs> and I said, I, I replied, um, well, yeah, don't watch it like it's Lord of the Rings. Watch it like it's, uh, uh, Escape from New York. And I think and I like, love Escape from New York. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Escape from LA? Yeah. Not so much. <laughs> Did either of you guys watch um, Undone on Amazon? I saw you raving about it. No, what is it? it's it's on my list. It is. I really like it. Um, so it's it's a sci-fi series. It's animated, but it's rotoscoped. So they film the actors and then they go back and animate over them. 
so they move like real people. And they can okay. animate whatever setting they want, and they can animate any kind of effects that they need over them and stuff. But it's got... Um, I'm, I'm going to... I, I Right now, I know basically nothing about it. Um, I'm going to ask you to review it as much as you can without telling me anything about it. I'm not. Go- I'm not going to spoil anything. I'm. I'm not going to spoil anything. I'll just. It's got Rosa Salazar that was in Alita: The Battle Angel, or mm-hmm. Alita: Battle, Battle Angel, and it's also got Bob Odenkirk that plays on uh, Better Call Saul. So, what? I mean, the main thing about it is just the the way that it looks sucks you in. You know, it, it it's very visually appealing. You get caught up in it. But the the storyline is this girl, um, she sees her father. Her father died when she was young, like like a little kid. And uh, so she sees him, and he starts telling her that she's able to manipulate time. That's all that I'm going to say as far as the plot. But uh, the, it, it's only eight episodes, and each episode is only about 25 minutes long. So uh-huh. you can watch the whole thing. Really quickly, you know. I just have watched... severe deja vu right now. I don't. I don't what, know. what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> I just I feel like we've had this conversation before. It's, you know, it's just bizarre. Now, I haven't talked about it on the show. I, ta- I know. I, I, I talked about it on Facebook, but yeah. Uh... Oh, by the way, um, that reminds me, Rick. You should watch Chronicles of Rick. <laughs> <laughs> Have we talked about the boys on this show? I can't remember. Yes. We yeah, did. we did. Okay. We did. We I think I probably that. asked you that once before. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, Undone is not only did, does it look really good, the storyline's pretty good. It's, it's sci fi, but it's kind of the sci fi where it's, uh, it's, it's not way out there. You know, it take, it takes place like in modern day, you know, and it's this girl that she's, She's doing things you don't really know if she's actually doing these things or if she's losing her mind, you know. I'll, I'll check it out. I just, you know, I hadn't heard of it, and you said, "Has anyone seen this?" And I, you know, well, and I didn't know anything about it, so. Uh... It's on Amazon Prime. I saw the trailer came out a couple months ago. I think Boz had shared it on Facebook, and I had never, I had not heard of it, and I watched the trailer, and I like that that rotoscope look. When they do that, there was a film that came out several years ago, uh, had Keanu Reeves in it, and I can't remember the name of it. Through a Mirror Darkly? or Something, something like-, like that. Something like that. The, it was it was about drug addiction and stuff. It was based on a um, Peter, uh, uh, Philip, Philip K. Dick story. Mm-hmm. But, um, and I like the way that movie looked. And, you know, of course, they've got the old, if you remember the old uh, Lord of the Rings film that was kind of rotoscoped and stuff. Well, I was going to say that's that Ralph Bakshi kind of pioneered that uh, yeah. with Wizards and, and his Lord of the Rings uh, cartoons. Yeah. Wiz- so, Wizards I mean, the- is an old film that uh, most of you kids have probably never even heard of nowadays. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean it, it's a, it's a way that they make they can make animation look realistic, but they can also do things that you can't do in a normal film. I guess you could with CGI and stuff, but uh, there's a there's a you know the, this show kind of deals with time travel, you know, so there's stuff that she sees that other people can't see that uh, the way that they the way that they animate it, you know, it it's really cool because of 
I mean, I can't really describe it without spoiling anything. Does it? Does it end? And like setting up another season, or does it conclude? No, it's a, there's a cliffhanger at the end. There's a yeah, a pretty big cliffhanger at the end. But yeah, I'm I'm sure there will be a season two. I don't know how long it'll be. You know, it's like I said, it's eight episodes, and each episode is less than a half hour long. So well, I I saw something. You you can't see it anymore, um, but I just and I know that that Sean, you were utterly apathetic to it, but uh, the Adam Entertainment or whatever they call themselves put out uh, as to celebrate the 40th anniversary of Star Trek: The Motion Picture. They released the movie in theaters, and my wife and I went and saw it. And uh, I know that some people don't like it. Uh, I was one of those people many years ago. But uh, over the years, I've come to love it. I've come to appreciate it. Yes, it still has some really stupid moments. It has some really long and boring moments. But seeing the Enterprise 40 feet long on the big screen was worth every bit of going there. Um, it, it the the movie really holds up, uh, you know. It, and I don't disagree with you know what a lot of people have said over the years is that. Despite all of its flaws, the motion picture is the most Star Trek of the Star Trek movies. Um, and I, I don't disagree with that. Oh, you know, after that, you know, I, I love Wrath of Khan. I love what Nicholas Meyer did with it. But after the motion picture, all of the Star Trek movies got less and less intellectual and more and more about action and, and, uh, and, you know, exciting beats and space battles and stuff like that. And, um, you know, the motion picture really wasn't about that. It was about the situation and and thinking your way through it. Um, you know, there were still some, you know, being on the big screen doesn't change the flaws in the plot. But, uh, you know, if you are inclined to want to uh, maybe become less critical of something, <laughs> which is kind of funny coming from me after our conversations of, of tonight. Um, watch available the motion picture. Stars. Yeah. Um, available. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, that's the Star Trek. Star Trek too. Um, watch the motion picture and and listen to the director's commentary. Because it's actually more than just the director, although uh, it does have Bob Wise on it, who, you know, is sadly not with us anymore. Uh, but it's more than just the director. Now, I uh, OK, I will give you the caveat and the warning that Stephen Collins is on the, the commentary. This was before we found out what a pedophiliac scumbag he was. Yeah. But you also got John Dykstra. Robert Wise, um, I, I want to say Doug Trimble, but I'm not entirely sure. I don't remember. It's been a long time. But anyway, if you listen to the commentary about how this film was made and how many strikes it had against it, and you know, there's a, there's a lot of criticism of its budget and its budget being super, you know, swollen and out of control. But also, what every time someone mentions that, what they don't mention is that. All of the pre-production on Star Trek Phase 2 and Star Trek The God Thing and Planet of Titans all got folded into the TMP budget because those were all projects that were in the works before Paramount decided 
you know, it, Paramount kept flipping back and forth between we want a movie, we want a new TV series, we want a movie, we want a new TV series. Finally, they were like, we want a new TV series, and they started working on Star Trek Phase 2. They built sets, they hired actors, they did costumes, they did screen tests, there were things, scripts were written, and then Star Wars came out and changed the landscape, and Paramount went, what do we have that can do this? And yeah. it's Star Trek, and they went, all right, motion picture. And so all of that work on those other projects got folded into the budget for TMP. So the movie didn't cost what the budget says it did. Totally. Um, and also Bob Wise was given this film with an immovable release date that they, you know, the, the, the release date of December two, uh, 1979 was not going to change. There was nothing he could do to change it. And so he was, he literally was carrying a still wet from the printer's copy to the gala premiere. He had, he, he went to the, 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 the developed, you know, so with all of the, he never even got to see a completed print of the film before it premiered. He didn't get a, you know, a, he didn't get to show it to test audiences. He didn't get to do a final cut on it. So the fact that the movie is, is as coherent as it is, is amazing. So I, I really, you know, and, Knowing that really helped me to watch the film with a much more charitable, uh, charitable eye. And I, I think that if you are an act, if you're a Star Trek fan <clears throat> and you like the original series, you owe it to yourself to give the movie another chance. I think. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't, I mean, I know I was giving you some, I was giving you crap on Facebook about the motion picture. I don't have a problem with the motion picture. It's not my favorite Star Trek movie. But, uh, yeah, I mean, seeing it in the theater probably would be pretty cool. But, yeah, seeing Stephen Collins on the big screen kind of makes me ill. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but you know, at least you can take the satisfaction of going, yeah, he sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, but I got to say, you know, and I've said this for, for decades, and I still think so. The the Enterprise flyby that some people complain is too long, I, it could go on for another 10 minutes and I'd be happy. But I have been going back and watching The Next Generation from the beginning. I just, you know, I watched all of Deep Space Nine a couple of years ago, and then I watched all of Voyager, and I was like, you know, it's been a long time since I watched all of The Next Generation. So I just started watching it. And I've always gone by the the notion that the first two seasons are terrible and the rest of the series was good. Um, the first two seasons are not as terrible as I thought they were. They're okay. I mean, there is some crap there, you know. But, Season one's uh, still pretty bad. Yeah, I mean, but it wasn't. <laughs> if I go, if I really think about it and compare it to other stuff that was on TV in 1987, it's not really worse than a lot of that stuff. I mean, because we had we, the A team, I think, was still on TV back then. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but uh, so season one, season two, season two actually had some really good stuff. I mean, that's when Measure of a Man was in season two. Yeah. You know, and that's one of the best episodes of the series. I'm watching season three now, and so far season three is not that good. (laughs) I mean, there's a, I just, today I just watched uh, the episode where they got the the Romulan defector. I can't remember the name of the episode. The defector. Was that the name of it? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Well, there you go. Uh, that, That episode was pretty good. Yeah. Well, James Sloyan just elevates anything he's in anyway, so. Yeah, he, so. He played the, the, the Romulan. So I'm gonna watch the whole <laughs> series, but I know that once, 
once you get past um the best of both worlds that's the star trek that i really remember the most because those yeah. are the episodes that i've seen the most of but uh but yeah i mean so far there i mean there's things that are jumping out at me like Data's supposed to be an android with no emotion, but in a lot of scenes, he's got more emotion than anybody else. Yeah. You know, and Riker is just awful, <laughs> especially in the first season, because he's just like that. That episode where they go to the planet where um everybody's basically ha- having sex with everybody else, and what's the name of that episode? The one where Wesley um oh gets in trouble on a, because because he breaks on a hedge. The, Glass, yeah. Yeah. It, um, I know the one you're talking about. Yeah. The the thing is, as as awful as it sounds, and it's one of the hardest pills for for a TOS fan like me to swallow. The show really wasn't allowed to get good until Roddenberry was too sick to really keep a firm yeah, yeah. Hand, on, hand on the tiller anymore. Yeah. Well, I mean. It's just that that episode just stood out to me. I was like, Riker yeah. was just. I was like, for for one thing, no, it's not the pe- it's not the people's fault in that episode that Wesley is in trouble. Picard, it's kind of your fault. You're you're not supposed to be there. You're breaking the prime directive by being on that planet. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like, oh, we're gonna go take shore leave on this planet with these people that know nothing of warp speed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, you can clearly see. That first season, they were trying to be the old show and a new show, and it wasn't working. Yeah, <laughs> there were several episodes it wasn't because there, like a lot of the episodes that we think of are the worst episodes. If you think about it, and again, I'm not, you know, TOS is. I wouldn't say that that's my Star Trek. But a lot of the plots of those worst season one episodes are kind of basically there's pretty standard TOS plots. You know, the 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 allegory is really heavy handed. Mm. The more they basically tell you the moral of the story at the end of the episode. And you know, it wasn't until you know that there are more there are more fables than than a TV show. And you know, and you know, Rick, like like you said, like they they kind of, as time went on, they kind of got to forge more and 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 chart their own path. No pun intended. Just see where Denise Crosby shut down Rick Berman publicly oh, yeah. on Twitter <laughs> this week. So, listeners, if you don't know what I'm talking about, Rick Berman just for some reason, I don't know why he decided Ooh, to do this. He posted bag. a he posted a picture of a Star Trek communicator. And said this communicator belonged to Denise Crosby. Uh, she gave it to me after she finished filming her last episode, Skin of Evil, and uh, you know, and that was, and it's been sitting on my desk for 30 years or something like that. Denise Crosby comes underneath that and says, first of all, Skin of Evil wasn't the last episode that I filmed. We filmed another one out of order, and uh, and not only that. You th- they threw a party for me after the episode. You came and ripped it off of my shirt and said, "Well, you won't be needing that anymore." <laughs> and said, "You don't remember that, do you?" Or something like that, you know. So, which I yeah. mean, if you heard the stories uh, that uh, Will Wheaton's told of how Rick Berman treated him and Denise Crosby over the years after they left Star Trek, it's not surprising. And and yeah. uh, Terry Farrell. 
Yeah, Terry Farrell, too. Berman, yeah. from all accounts, was a vindictive, manipulative prick. Yeah, Will Wheaton says that he uh, there he was at a convention, and all of the actors from The Next Generation and all of the actors from, I think from Deep Space Nine and Voyager were there as well. And uh, he, Rick Berman, called them all up on stage except for Will Wheaton and Denise Crosby and had, had them sitting there. All the seats around them were empty and had them sitting there by themselves. Wow. So, yeah. And it just humiliated them, you know. So, yeah. <laughs> that's a that's a high note to end the show on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which, you know, Will Wheaton was, was supposed to be in uh, Nemesis. He he filmed scenes. Yeah, you can he's, see him. He's on in the, the wedding TV. scene. You, you can see him on the in the if you if you watch the widescreen version, you can see him in the wedding scene. If you watch the the actual you know cut for TV version, he's cut out of it. The pan and scan version or whatever. Uh, but then he filmed scenes where he had lines and they cut them all out. And and he had to he had to swallow his pride and thank Rick Berman for calling and telling him personally. Instead of letting him find out about it at the premiere, you know. So that's all we've got for this week. Um, Rick, thank you for being here. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Let everybody know where they can find you. Uh, I live in St. Peter. No, I live in Clearwater now. Uh, <laughs> it's the, the third apartment. In, nah. <laughs> you can find uh, me at Publix. Yeah, Publix. <laughs> on Saturday Aldi, afternoon. Uh, Walmart on a bad day. <laughs> um. Where can you find me? Where can you find me? Uh, the liquor store around the corner. <laughs> sorry, I just, my, my mind just locked up. It's been a long day. Uh, you know what? Yeah? I'll do this one, Rick. Go ahead. You do mine. Okay. Uh, you can find Rick on the Infinite Diversity Podcasting Network on such fine shows as Open the Iris and uh, um, almost Starba- Stargate The Next Generation. Uh, Starbase The Next Generation. Um I can't give. I don't know your your Twitter handle. Wait, it's at at ADM Arius. ADM A R I U S. It's two M's. Two M's. Uh, yes. Admiral Marius on Twitter, and uh, of course Rick Tatro on Facebook. Yep. And he is of course a regular guest and contributor to the Cosmic Potato Network as well. We're happy to have him. All right. And John, thank you for being here. Rick. Let, let, everybody, let everybody know where they can find John. <laughs> you can find John at the Cosmic Potato or uh, on Cosmic Potato. That's what this one is. Or at Captain Game Show at uh, is it CaptainGameShow.com? Does that exist yet? If you hit, if you do CaptainGameShow.com, it will take you to the page. Okay. Thanks to I'm sure the efforts of Sean because I had everything to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't remember actually, doing that either. It, <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing it's, it's because it's the most. It's probably the most popular search for like if you type in Captain Game Show. If you search for Captain Game Show in Google, it'll probably take you to the yeah. page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, like, well, well, I said on a on a recent episode, um, I I was I was doing my sign off and I said go to go to CaptainGameShow.com. So I actually know that's not a thing. And Brandon Ushio sent me a link. He's like, no, if you, if you type CaptainGameShow.com, it'll take you there. So that that that's does weird. work. Because I have not purchased that URL. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm trying. I'm trying to remember. You, John, just came on on uh, Starbase. I did last week. Was it last week? 
Yes, we recorded yeah. last week. It'll probably be out. Oh, that's right. You've got it. Week. That's why I haven't put it out yet. Okay. Yeah. I was just panicking that I hadn't put it out yet. <laughs> no, no, okay. no. You told me there was no time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, so I'm like, basically, so I'm almost finished editing um, the Captain Game Show that is coming out this week, and after that, I will do the Starbase episode for you. That should be ready next week. And then my Captain Game Show with your Starbase people. Will be and pay no attention to these timetables because this episode's not coming out until next week. <laughs> <laughs> it's not just Amazon series. We can all time travel. Yeah. And you can find Sean. On Cosmic Potato, the Super Fan Talk podcast. You can also find him on Captain Game Show. You can find the Cosmic Potato Network on. You can also find Sean on the Mayberry Files. Which oh, right. That one the, too. The, and the Landing Party. And the Landing Party. You find all of us on the Landing Party. Yeah. yeah. Which, by can... the way, the Landing Party, I, I'm, I may be getting ahead of myself, but, uh, David Mack, who is a, um, author that's written a lot of Star Trek novels, uh, is going to be a guest on. I'm going to do an episode with with Scott. We're going to do a landing party Prime Direction crossover. So it'll be av- the interview will be available on both feeds. So uh, that'll be available next month sometime. So cool. All right. Well, that'll do it for uh, this episode. If you uh, if you want to, you c- come find us at CosmicPotato.com. You can also find us on Facebook. Just search for Cosmic Potato Podcast Network, and you'll find links to all of our shows. Whenever uh, new stuff comes out, you know, just, we put it on there. So thank everybody for listening. Be sure to join us next time on Cosmic Potato, the super fan talk podcast, when you might hear John say. I just want to clarify. <laughs> um, when you say mail at CosmicPotato.com, that's M-A-I-L, not M-A-L-E. That'll lead you to a different site. That's the failed calendar that we try to put out. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not my might here, John say. Although it could be. Uh, Actually, if you put in mail at CosmicPotato.com, it'll still come to me because it's anything that's CosmicPotato.com, I'll still get it. But I don't, I don't know. I'll, I'll send you some shirtless pics of myself or something, I guess. <laughs> uh, so since we're doing this every couple of weeks now, I've been able to gather up some good ones. I'm deciding which one to do. Let's go with. I think. The worst superhero catchphrase would be, it's time to pinch off some justice. (laughs) (laughs) Be sure you like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. You can contact us by email at mail at cosmicpotato.com or send us a voicemail or text message to 205-642-8380. Help the show grow by giving us a five-star rating on iTunes. Thank you for joining us for Cosmic Potato, the Super Fan Talk podcast. It's not as bad as, uh, well, yeah, I don't know if you ever saw the, the, um, Seth Rogen version of the Green Hornet when he says, uh, we're going to be balls deep in justice. I, 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 I very much enjoyed missing that movie. Just couldn't buy the premise.
I spent a lot of money to see that terrible movie. I'm so sorry. <laughs> well, I'm going to start the Chronicles of Riddick. 